Hello and welcome back to the Baggies podcast, where, of course, we're giving you all the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. We are back again today with another episode of the show for you. We're going to be chatting about the past week of Albion action, including that board draw with Coventry City on Saturday afternoon. But before we crack on and introduce our guests, remember to subscribe on our podcast platforms or YouTube, wherever you're listening from. It's great to have you joining us and make sure you subscribe to get all the latest episodes into your inbox. But on this week, on this week's episode, we're joined for a third time by uh, ITV political correspondent and big Albion fan, Dan Hewitt. Dan, how are you doing, mate? Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. I mean, it's um, one of the few joys of being an Albion fan at the moment. I get to talk to you every now and again because the football <laughs> is just utter dirge. So uh, we can we can sort of it's more like a therapy session than a podcast for me. This, mate, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's a completely safe space. Yeah, whatever whatever stays in here happens in here stays in here. It's a completely safe space to share. But yeah, Dan, it's great to have you on. Last time you were on, of course, was uh, last. Um, the last uh, away win for for some time, to be honest, which was against Coventry, funnily enough. But uh, just for those who who haven't kind of heard your voice before, of course, you're suited and booted today. But uh, what what's what kind of stuff do you do in your role as political correspondent, and where might uh, the listeners have seen your face before? Yeah, I'm actually at work, um, as you know. So I yeah I'm uh, yeah ITV political reporter correspondent. Um, so yeah, I do a sort of spend most of my weeks in Westminster or traveling around the country, uh, investigating whatever needs investigating, looking into political uh, life, sometimes non-political stuff. Um, I was literally live on air talking about Boris Johnson and Partygate five minutes before I came and talked to you. So my my two obsessions at the moment are Boris and the baggies. So uh, <laughs> they're, they're the two things I talk about. Um, and both aren't particularly, uh, <laughs> yeah. but not particularly fun at the moment. So, uh, I, yeah. yeah. So, so I, no, but no. In all seriousness, it's um, it's uh, it's a great job. I love my job. It's brilliant, and uh, yeah. It, but it's also a pleasure to talk about football with you as well. Yeah, I dare say that the, the two Bs aren't aren't bringing you uh, too much joy at the moment. Both pretty pretty dim affairs, if I may say. But Dan, of course, you came back on the show back in December. As I said, it was the last time we've won away for for quite some time, to be honest, and. Right. looking back at the season that probably does go down as one of our better performances because it's only really got worse from there on in but Dan of course you're a big advocate for for Ishmael uh, to to go at that point uh, at the start of December when we when we spoke and he did and now of course in charge of Steve Bruce it's been a it feels like ages ago since you were last on it feels like ages ago since we were saying about Ishmael but how have you kind of perceived things since then because yeah it's 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 not been nice to watch has it no, and I have to say, I think, you know, well, I think I agree with you, it was one of the better performances, or at least more positive performances of the season. I think I remember saying to you back at, back in December, I didn't feel like we kind of won that game. I think Coventry lost that game. I think they, they, mm. they, were, one of the, they were one of the few teams that had not learned how to play against Ishmael, which was just don't yeah. try and play out from the back. And Coventry did, and we, we took advantage. But yeah, too many teams have worked out by the end of September how to play against Valerie and Ishmael's West Brom. And there was a handful of teams that fell into the trap between September and February or wherever it was when he got sacked. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's a funny one because um, 
there's no there's no doubt. I mean, I think sacking him was the right decision. I don't, I don't think the last few um, weeks and months under Bruce has sort of changed my mind on that. I think Ishmael was a poor manager, um, too stubborn, didn't know how to change it. The players clearly had lost com- confidence. And I think part of the problem Steve Bruce has had, and I, I have my issues with Bruce, but I think part of the problems he's had is I think it's, Ishmael had such a negative effect on that squad. And all, a squad already low in confidence, I think, um, needing a bit of direction, needing a bit of leadership, um, has been kind of made weaker, I think mentally weaker, um, and a lot more rigid by the the, the Ishmael um, tenure. Um, but yeah, since then, it's not particularly great. I think what the Bruce era so far shown is that we have a problem way beyond who the manager is, which I think we all view. I don't think you could blame the whole thing on Ishmael. Um, it's been a bit of a mess for a few years now. I think Bilic um, sort of plastered over a lot of the problems with sort of charisma and a, he's a good football manager. Um, but yeah, I think sacking Ishmael was the right thing to do. But yeah, it's been like crushingly depressing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is the most depressing season supporting West Brom since, well, I'd say since Pardew, but then even the Pardew season, we had Darren Moore sort yeah. of almost keep us up. Um, but yeah, since, I mean, I started supporting West Brom in the early 90s and we had a run in the 90s where we just didn't really do anything. We were just sort of mid-table, never really threatened the playoffs, had a pretty poor squad. This is up there, I think, with that era where we didn't really seem to do anything. The word, the thing, the thing about this squad, which I find more frustrating, is that I think that they are much better paid. Um, yeah. Team in the nineties were, were pretty rubbish, but we knew they were rubbish and they were trying the best. I'm not sure we can say the same of the current crop. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've been quite spoiled because, uh, obviously, as you said, Dan, you've seen a few just mid-table championship seasons. I don't. I think the worst season I've I'd seen before this season was was as you said the the Pardew one because that was the first season I'd seen yeah. us get relegated and to think that yeah I, I think my dad uh, and plenty of other guys his age will testify for a time where we're nearly in 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 division division well the division three really the bot the, the third tier of English football which I think yeah I think in some ways I'm quite fortunate to have <laughs> to have not seen that but. Yeah, this season has been uh, a disgrace. I think is probably the word we can use for it, and and not an enjoyable time for any Albion fan. But yesterday, I think felt like a little bit of an abs- afternoon wasted with 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 the nil nil draw down against Coventry. I think I, I did catch a bloke who was just along from me in the East and who was actually asleep, which I think is is fair for him. And uh, I think there are a few people around the ground like that. I think there's somebody in the back of the Smethwick I saw on Twitter who who had fallen asleep as well. But Dan, we're now 13th in the league and that, that result didn't really show us any signs and confirmed that we weren't going to get into the playoffs, of course. But as you said off air, Dan, we've had so many chances to get back in and and, and we haven't taken any of them, have we? I was hoping you hadn't noticed me uh, drop, dropping off asleep yesterday. Uh, <laughs> clearly, clearly you spotted me. Uh, no, I, yeah, I mean, we were discussing it just then, weren't we, before we came on. I mean, it's kind of crazy. There was a, there was a point the, the point yesterday where I was looking at the scores and Middlesbrough were losing, Sheffield United were drawing. And I was thinking, if we score, yeah. I think it's like it's four points with two games to go. And I, I, I mean, it's even now, <laughs> I know how rubbish they are and how rubbish we are. And yet there's still that kind of, because I think we've been used to being involved in the mix yeah. um, for so many years. I mean, as a West Brom fan, since 2000, the year 2000, we've been involved in a relegation battle or a promotion, mm. basically, for 20 years, which is, I don't think there's any club. I mean, we're called the Yo-Yo Club, and I know we've been promoted more times than anybody else, but I mean, we had eight years in the Premier League, and we've had a really, we've been, we've been spoiled for the last 20 years or so. Um, 
And I think so part of me still kind of hanging on to this dream that, you know what, we're West Brom and we, we don't finish mid-table, we don't have boring seasons. But that is the reality of the situation. This is a boring team playing boring football. Um, it is really in need of an overhaul. Um, and the Coventry game was kind of, yeah, I mean, the Coventry game sort of summed the season up um, because we're not, play, we're not playing against a team that are any good. I think this team, is, this league is really poor. I mean, Bournemouth are going to get promoted. They're crap. I mean, they're yeah. no good. Scott Parker's no good. Fulham are the best team in the league by a mile. Everyone else is pretty rubbish. I, mean, I don't think you can really split top to bottom. I don't yeah. think Reading are that much worse than Luton. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I, think For, I think Forest are probably the exception. I think Forest are actually, I think Forest are probably better than Bournemouth and, and could, could catch them. But um, it's a really poor league. And so yesterday, I think summed up really is that we were, we were poor, but we were, we were not, it doesn't matter how poor we are, the team are often playing around as poor or even worse. So, um, and then the penalty, the last, the last second of the game, just sort of sums the whole thing up, um, to be honest. And yeah, it's just, it, it's so depressing. This podcast is going to be a pretty depressing listen. We just trying to <laughs> pick, up, pick up the energy. But yeah, it just, it's felt like the season was summed up yesterday by that performance and the result really. Yeah, I don't know if you saw a clip on Twitter, Dan, of Grant's penalty from the stands and you can see everybody's kind of just watching and they're on their way out kind of because it's the end of the game and as soon as he misses, everybody just turns around and walks off and just, just leaves the ground. And yeah, I was I must say I was I was gone about two minutes before that happened and I heard a cheer and I thought and I saw the tweet from Albion saying it's a penalty and I thought oh right we've scored then and then I could hear the boos coming from from the fans so I thought right that's that then we've missed that haven't we but yeah as you said the chances that we've had to get in the playoffs are, are ridiculous we've been handed uh-huh. life lifeline after lifeline after lifeline and as you said the division is is so bad that there really isn't much splitting but in a lot of the division, I mean, you know, the fact that Luton and Huddersfield are, are fighting for those automatic promotion spots with Bournemouth, who I think we we beat fairly comfortably just a few weeks ago. And yeah, it, it's just, it's just, it feels like I'm copying and pasting quite a lot of what I say every single week. I mean, the Blackpool game was was pretty bad as well. It felt like, I don't know if you feel this way, Dan, but it feels like we're kind of playing out some of the seasons that we've had in the Premier League at the end of the season where we kind of just chuck a, a few players in and and kind of just play this brand of walking football on the last game of the season. And then I felt like against Blackpool when Andy Carroll scored, I, I, it wasn't really a feeling of joy. It was a bit of a bit of laughter because I, I didn't feel like we tried very hard to get into their box or anything. And I feel like that's the same with the Coventry game. I don't think we really tried to get at them in any way. I, I just don't feel like we had any forward gusto in us at all. It just felt like let's just keep passing it from side to side and, and just keep going and maybe we might score at some point and we nearly did, but it just feels like we're kind of playing in first gear. I mean, that could be said for a lot of the season, but more so now that we're confirmed to not have anything to play for, really. I'm sure we'll come on to the future and Steve Bruce and, and all that because it looks like he's going to stay. Um, but that's the one thing I would slightly, I'm slightly worried about is that... Um, the players aren't giving everything for the, for Bruce. They're just not, and I think some players are, and there's no, they're just not that very, not very good. And we have to accept some of the players we've got aren't that good, and they're doing the best. I think some of them are better and aren't giving everything. Um, but that's the, the, I think that's the most, um, the most disappointing thing about the season. Like you said, there's been too many performances like Blackpool and Coventry and Stoke and Birmingham where we. Do, it's not that we're playing badly. We just we're not doing anything. I mean, we're just <laughs> devoid of ideas. I mean. Never. There's two things about this team. One is I've, I've never watched a West Brom team 
it's not never, but I haven't seen a West Brom for a very long time play with such a lack of identity. And and you, you can criticise the Pulis era. You can even maybe even criticise the Ishmael era, and and uh, and I did. But you sort of could see there was a there was an idea. Yeah. There was a kind of what, what this is the way we play. I thought it was the wrong idea, and often it was misplaced. But at least we had an identity. Yeah, and we sort of with Bruce, it just feels to me that we I don't know what we I don't know what we are. Like I yeah. don't know. I don't know what we're trying to do. We went to Forest and we just got thumped. And I was like, but, but if you said to me before they scored, like, were we trying? Were we going there to win? I don't think we were. We weren't. We, did we go there to get a point? We didn't set up too defensively. Did we go there thinking we get beaten and turned over? No. We sort of we, we did attack every now and again. But just I don't know what we are. Yes. And I'm not sure what we're trying to do. And so that's my biggest concern. I, I don't. I don't think the Bruce appointment is a bad appointment and I've, I've got I'm sort of torn on it but the commentary game and Blackpool and others just sort of shit. but I mean we discussed it on there and the fact that with two games to go we are we've only just now mm. mathematically been frozen out of the playoffs I mean this should have been this team has no right to be anywhere near the playoffs yeah imagine can you imagine we, if we got promoted oh. I mean that would be an utter disaster I mean apart from economically which financially which we do need to get promoted because we're running out of money and our owner doesn't spend any but I mean from a football perspective I think you're looking at a derby breaking the derby record of, of 11 points or whatever it was <laughs> because this team is just nowhere near in the gulf now from where we were when we got relegated under Darren Moore to where we are now is absolutely enormous and it requires an enormous change over the summer. My concern is that the club hasn't got the finances or at least hasn't got the will to do it. I hope I'm wrong. God, I hope, I really hope I'm wrong because I think we're in for a really dark period. You talked about being a West Brom fan from the start of the Premier League year and I've got cousins who are the same who sort of first game was Premier League West Brom. Um, that, that's not what I started at. I started <laughs> off in the early 90s and it, it's bleak. Like it's really, it gets a lot worse than this and you start to see the stadium empty, which you've started to see already, despite West Brom official attendance figures. Yeah. 25,000 there when there's about 12. Um, but the stadium empties, the away games become quieter. And um, yeah, it's not good. When, when, there's this, when there's a lack of, when people are falling asleep at the ground, you know there's a problem. And uh, yeah, the fact that you saw, you saw two, two people asleep at the game says everything. And that's, that's the worst thing you can have in a football, your football club, I think. When you lose the fight, when you feel like you're just sort of floating and not going anywhere, that's that's when you the future of your club becomes a problem because we're in the Midlands and we're surrounded by other clubs, Wolves and Villa around the corner. If you're growing up as a four or five year old, you're thinking about Midlands team to support. I'm not sure you're supporting West Brom, are you? So hmm. um, I think we're in, I think we're in a we're in a pretty precarious position at the moment. I, I do I am worried about it actually. Uh, I did say to my dad, I said because I well, we had this conversation yesterday. I said to him, I said, imagine if you were a you know, a four, you know, you're coming to your first season as an Albion fan this year, and you, this is what you've you've come to watch, and you're not even getting particularly excited. It's not like you're 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 really having to go every game, and you look like you're going to win, and then you just get picked at the post every time. It is literally just walking football, and this is your first season as an Albion fan. I don't think it's attracting many people to 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 stay or or to keep watching if you're a, if you're a young fan and you're watching you know teams I dare say a Wolves or a Villa who are who are doing their their fair bet in the Premier League this season you know if you watch them and then you watch us 
I don't think there's much competition over to who you support. Unfortunately, I'm bound by every single side of my family being an Albion fan. So there's no, there, there is no escape for me now. But um, yeah, I just can't imagine what it's like bringing your kids to the, the to the games this season, especially towards the end of the season when you know you think our oh, things will have, you know, it's a chance to go and watch a couple of games. Maybe the atmosphere won't be as rowdy or anything like that, so that you're, you're entitled to bring younger kids and stuff. You know, you you do worry as to what what on earth they're thinking when they come to their first game or their first few games at Albion. I mean, I feel I feel very sorry for those people. But Dan, we did have uh, chances in that game. I suppose we had the penalty. We Grant had a one on one as well. Um, but yeah, it, it just never felt like we were really going to score at any point. But I was always fearful that that Coventry would because every single time they decided to go at us, really, the midfield just disappeared, and it was. O'Shea and that uh, the the Jacques guy, the Swedish guy up front, one on one with each other every single time. It just felt I don't know where the rest of the team went, but we just felt so. I don't, I don't know about you, Dan, but we just felt so open in that game. I, I don't. Maybe it's just I felt saw a lot of people walking back from attacking duties and not defending, uh, not defending their men, of course. But the midfield just disappeared. I think at, at, at times throughout the game. Yeah, and I think going back to what I was saying before, we were open at the back without being. <laughs> without the benefits of that, right? So, like, you think, oh, we're playing attacking football, that's why we're open at the back, or we're, we're throwing men forward, that's why we're open at the back. It's like, why are we open at the back? What else yeah. are we doing? <laughs> like, what, what, like, where are these, mid- why did this midfield disappear? What else, what else are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> because uh, they're not, not, che- not creating anything, they're not scoring, they're not getting forward. And that's sort of the thing, we've just so many passengers. It just feels mm. like, the, it feels like the half the team is just like, and, and I, this is my slight problem with, with players like Alex Moat, who started off, I mean, I know Moat hasn't playing yesterday, and maybe his groin injury explains his um, abject performances for the last few months. But like we started off the season, I remember seeing Alex Moat was like the signing of the season. I mean, with those first few games, I was saying to my mates who are all Wolves and Villa fans, <laughs> this, this guy is going to be, when we get promoted, because I thought we would, this guy is going to be our, our cap, future captain. I mean, I just felt like he had everything. And then Almost overnight after the Cardiff game, he just seemed to like just stop. And then he sort of became a bit of a poster boy for this new way of playing, which is that to just do nothing. I mean, <laughs> like literally just disappear in games. And you just kind of wonder whether, like, oh yeah, you're like 50 minutes, you're like, oh yeah, Moat's playing. <laughs> and he's like centre midfield, like he's not a left back or a striker. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, there's the thing that you just, there's so many of those players that you're just thinking, what are you doing? Like, what's the, do you genuinely feel like they're just wandering around? Um, and there are quite a few individual players, I think we can come on to if you want about the future, but like, yeah. a few individual players that I just can't make my mind up about. Like, Carlin Grant's our top scorer, he's actually scored quite a few goals this season. I can't work, I just can't work out whether I think he's any good or not. I can't work out whether Moat's any good or not. I can't work out whether Connor Townsend's any good or not anymore. Yeah. I, I, it's Darnell Furlong. I just can't work out. Is he, is he, is Darnell, is Darnell, Darnell Furlong good at football? I just yeah. think he was. But now I'm like, is he? I don't know. Like, he hasn't done anything for ages. Like, and there's so many of them that I just think, I used to think you were quite good and now you're, now you're quite rubbish. But you can't become bad players overnight. So maybe it's the management. But then you look at the management. They've had, they've had, these guys have had like two or three managers now. And like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm really... I'm just really perplexed by the performances. But like you said, it's not just because like they kind of throw men forward and conceding in the last minute, which would be quite exciting, or like defending like ruggedly and it's boring, but we're getting points out of games. We're just limping over the line every game and we like might score a last minute winner 
like Blackpool or we might not like Coventry. Yeah. But it feels like the performance, there's no difference in the performance. It just kind of, we might, by the law of averages, we might score a goal, we might not. But it doesn't feel like we're playing with any kind of identity. And that's, yeah. that's what worries me more than anything. It feels like we're playing the whole game in the middle third of the pitch. And every time it goes towards our third of the pitch, it's like, oh, there's no, there's nobody there because everybody's in that middle third. Nobody's breaking into the final third, really, with probably the exception of Andy Carroll, who I don't think rarely, rarely makes it back from the final third. To be honest, that is his job to stick on the last man. But yeah, with, with some of the points you made there, I, ca- I can't work out whether a lot of these players are any good. I think, I think Grant's one that just perplexes me as to how he's got so many goals this season, because when I watch him and I sort of just pinpoint him and I'm like, right, I'm going to watch you for 10 minutes and see what you do. There's not really a lot going on. It's sort of just just doing a little run between a, a fullback and a centre back to, to pressurise them or or not pressurise them as the case, and then the ball just gets passed around them. And you know the same could be said with Moat, who I think is technically quite a good player, but I think you know as you said the poster boy for Ishmael's reign. I think he did let him down a little bit. He let Ishmael down because I think he was the guy who's supposed to come in and convince everybody. You know he knows what he's talking about. You know. Yeah, I don't care if the football's awful. Just listen to him. He can get us. He can get us. He can get us where we need to be. And as you said, after that Cardiff game, it just he's almost just turned it off, and he became the guy who was like, right, well, if he's not trying for him, neither do we. Don't need to either, and that kind of thing. But yeah, Dan, if you let's let's crack on and talk about the future because I think that's what everybody wants to wants to hear, and everybody wants to look ahead. But I don't think the future is quite as bright as everybody is is starting to sort of talk about but that of course as you said the the big news was that Steve Bruce looks like he's going to stay on uh at least you know until the end of the summer and he's going to oversee that and probably next season as well what was your kind of reaction when you saw that news were you were you pleased or are you a bit uh annoyed about it like I think 90% of people were that I I had a look at on there on social media Definitely not annoyed. I'm definitely not annoyed about it. I think we, I think I don't think I think there's some of the some of the reaction have been been way too over the top. Um Seabrook is not a bad manager. He's he's not done a bad job anywhere, really. And you can I'm sure I can already almost hear the response. He's done quite a bad job with us. I think we were sort of on I don't think any manager could have come in and saved this group. I think there's a I think parking the manager, this group of players has a like psychological barrier in its way. There's clearly a problem. They just don't, they're not there. They're just mentally weak. They're not there and they need a reset. And this season cannot end. I mean, if you'd have said to me like four weeks ago, the league would have said, we're going to automate West Brom results. I'd have taken it. I just, I, we need, we need this thing. It's going to holiday and this season to end because it's just, <laughs> it's a write off. Um, I don't think it's a terrible appointment. I wasn't, I was happy about it either. I'm not like, oh my God, this is the start of a new era. I think Steve Reese is a good manager. It's a logical appointment in the sense that it's a bit like the kind of um, the Ranić situation at United in the sense that he's been able to go in and look at what he's got and get a really good grip of the players. And, and Steve Bruce is a football manager. He'll know the ones that are, are psychologically there and know the ones that physically are there and are not. I think part of the reason why he's been playing Adam Reach quite a lot is probably because he, it's more, even though Adam Reach is clearly one of the worst players, he's probably one of the players who's kind of not playing with all the baggage of being gone yeah, yeah, yeah. and Robinson and Phillips and Grant who clearly feel they're not playing the way they should and, and that's bogging them down and people like Adam Reach and Andy Carroll um, and Jake Livermore to a certain extent they kind of think they can sort of rise above that even though they're yeah. not I don't think it's really good players I think I can understand the logic I, I, haven't been, I haven't been angry at this Bruce 
um, tenure in the way that I was angry about the Ishmael tenure because I think we just kind of have to give Bruce the summer to work it out. I think I don't think it's a, a stupid appointment. I think it makes sense. My concern, my ultimate concern, is that I don't, and I'm hoping he can because he's paid enough money to do it. I, I can't work out whether this squad literally needs like sweeping away mm-hmm. and like a new a new team and build the team around four or five of the players, the younger players like Dara O'Shea um, and and Taylor Gardner Hickman um, and probably Connor Townsend and a couple of others, um, or whether actually he's not going to be given the money to do that. And so what he's basically have to do is ship up two, get rid of two or three, bring two or three in and to spend the summer trying to kind of rebuild this, mm-hmm. rebuild their confidence. And actually it's less about the personnel we've got and more about actually just trying to, just trying to get a bit of time and space with them away from the ridiculously busy championship fixture list yeah. and have the summer imposing what he wants out of them. I say my concern is that the players aren't good enough and whatever he does to them, it actually requires a, a sweep out or whether he can do that. And I'm torn. I'm not sure. I'm just, I don't know what you think. I'm just not sure. And I, I'm not sure which ones which ones he, he can he can get the best out of because we've seen so little of the best out of virtually all of them now for so long. Yeah, it's it's really difficult. I like you said earlier, like there's there's a number of players in the squad where I'm just like, are you are you are you just not trying? Are you really not good at are you really not good at football? Are, do you, do you not like Bruce? Is it is it him? I I you know yeah. you just can't tell what's going on inside them. Like no, I used to think Robinson was quite a good footballer. You know, I I, I probably still do deep down, and he does have that technical ability. But I'm just thinking, do you want to play for Bruce? Are you not trying? Are you have you have you got a mental sort of block going on in your head that you 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 know you're a bit scarred from what from what Ishmael uh, did at the club? And I just can't I can't work it out. And there's a number of players that are like that where I'm. I'm like you. You were quite a good player, but now you you're, you're just not. Whether you're just you just lost it. Uh, but I thought in the championship, like somebody like Dean Garner would set it set it alight because we saw him do that a couple of years ago. But he's every time he comes on the pitch, he he just looks a shadow of of what we used to see from him. And I thought that Bruce would get the best out of somebody like him because as as we've sort of discovered, he he seems to be well. He used to be wherever he still is with this this Albion squad. He used to be really good at getting confidence into players, and with a player like Dean Garner, that's so essential for somebody who wants to to run at players all game long and wants to take them on. But I just can't see any sort of um, remnants of that Dean Garner because he's disappeared, and I think that's the same for a lot of these players, especially all of those that were with us when we got promoted a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, I just can't tell what's wrong with them. I think is probably the word, the the, mm. the phrase I'd use for it. Dan, I just can't put my finger on. Are you not trying? Like it's it's different for every player, of course. Some of them just might go right. I'm not trying anymore. We've got nothing to play for. The playoffs are a, a distant memory now, and some of them might just be. Well, I I I don't think I can rediscover that form that I had a couple of seasons ago. That kind of thing. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I think I'm totally with you on that, and I think um, and the challenge for. The, 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 the big, I think the biggest challenge for Bruce is that by the summer he'd have actually been in the job for a few months. It's not, it's not, it's not a fresh start. So the kind of the 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 benefit of maybe getting rid of Bruce, bring a new manager in, the new manager can come in and say, right, it like it's clean slate. I don't know yeah. any of you. We're gonna, I'm gonna, whatever's happened before, you can prove yourself to me. Or whether it's better to have Bruce in there, because ultimately we're not going to spend twenty million on a new squad. We're not going to a lot of those players are under contract. They're not going to be worth a lot of money. Teams aren't going to come and be going. We need half that West Brom team uh, <laughs> off you because after the season they've had. So 
ultimately, I think the what's happened is Bruce has been told, right, this is the squad you've got to work with. You can ship, you can you can ship two or three off. Wait there, one second. It's very loud, boss. I've got. Um, you can ship two or three of them out, and you can bring two or three in. But ultimately, your your job over the summer is to kind of build this, make this squad work. If that is the case, then the Bruce appointment makes sense. And if you, if you if if money wasn't an issue, and we had an owner who was willing to, willing to open the checkbook, I think probably getting rid of Bruce would be the right thing to do because you think you're bringing a new manager and he can rebuild the squad. Um, but I, I, I think the, the Bruce appointment is because the the, the the idea being is that he's he knows the players better and he can now work out which one's going to stay and which ones can go rather than starting from scratch in July and having the first few weeks of the next season, the new manager working out what Bruce already knows. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there are, I think for me, there's a handful of players I think I'd really like to see um, next season play. I think, I think Dara O'Shea is, a, I don't think the last the season it's it, it just been stop start of him because of injuries. I think Dara O'Shea is a really good player, a yeah. really good player. Um, I think he suits better at right back personally, but I think Dara O'Shea is a really good player. And um, I think Connor Townsend, even though I think at times he's not been great this season, I do think he's got something. And I do, he's young, and the fact is, I think again, he's had better. He's had some good games this season when he's played well. I think part of the problem with Conor Townsend is that he's been crossing the ball into the box to no one. <laughs> and so I think, again, his game sort of depends on people around him. I think Taylor Gard Hitman's a really good player. And I, and I think Shemi Ajay, he's a good player. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we've got the new, the new striker who could be brilliant, could be terrible, we don't know. But you've got to give him a go because we spent eight million quid on him. So there are four or five players in there. And then you've got that next layer of players that on paper... We were meant to be good, right? So, Carlin Grant. Yeah. So I don't think we can get rid of Carlin Grant unless someone came in and offered some money for him. I think he's, stay, I think he's staying. I think, we're still, I think we're still paying for him as well. Dan. I yeah, think that's exactly. probably contributing we're, to it. We're still paying for it. 18 million. What an absolute steal for this film that was. Um, and then, yeah, Robinson. I, again, same as you. I'm not sure with Robinson. I, I, I'd keep him personally, but I'm not sure Bruce fancies him. And then you've got Dean Garner. I mean, Talk about spending money on a player. I mean, what do you what 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 to do about graded Ian Garner? Because we all remember <laughs> yeah. that we all remember that half a season two years ago when he was just just unplayable. And he, you don't become a bad player overnight, but I mean, something's gone wrong um, with him. So I hate to say, but I think the the the, the, the seeds are there. This is a poor league. He's not going to get any better next season. Um, if Bruce can get them playing, I think we've got a good chance of going up. But um, but the other part of me feels like the squad's a bit like the Wolves squad when they got relegated and then they got, they got relegated straight away. But I, I turned to a lot of Wolves fans about what Kenny Kenny Jackett did many years ago when he went in and just kind of just got rid of them all. Just It was a mistake trying to hold on to those players and try and get the best out of them. Kenny Jackett was like, these players are broken. They might be good footballers, but they can't play for West Brom. I can't play for Wolves yeah. anymore. And we've got, we've got to start again. And I part, there's a part of me in the back of my head's like, that might be what we're seeing here, that we've just got players that are just not just not going to happen they need to leave and we need to start again um that's that's my concern that's where we are yeah that's that's kind of that's where I feel like with Dean Garner that's kind of how I feel with him I feel like I feel like he just might be a little bit broken at West Brom and I just can see him going somewhere else and rediscovering his form and turning into one of the better players in the championship slash bottom half of the Premier League but you know, there's, uh, I think I, I quite like Matt Clark. Whether we need any more centre backs on a permanent deal is is probably a, a 
probably not the case. That it depends, obviously, who goes and who stays. I think Bartley looks like he might be off by the way that Bruce has kind of dropped into the bench a couple of times this season. Not sure why he brought him back in for the Forest game, but uh, that's what he did. But yeah, I feel like Bartley might be on his way, and if so, maybe I'd like Clark to stay because I think he's in well, largely been been one of the better players this season for for sure. Um, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see Andy Carroll stay because I think he. He's just a different sort of mentality. And as you said, he rises above that kind of, you know, we're a bit broken sort of mentality that's in the squad at the moment, uh, even though obviously he is, he's 33, isn't he? So he is getting on a little bit and he is Andy Carroll. So, of course, we know about his his legs are, are probably still carrying weights at the bottom of them, to be honest. But I, I, I like Jason Malumbi. I, I feel like he's one of the players that I'm, I'm a little bit of a fan of because I think he's got a lot of the uncoachable sort of, uh, traits that I don't think some of the other players have, which is I think probably effort, stamina, uh, tries quite hard. And it, even though he's definitely not a box to box midfielder or anything creative, I think he's one of those players that could be quite functional, maybe, you know, in the in the in the base of midfield rather than getting forward. And I know that obviously I've seen a, quite a few Albion fans not liking him, but uh, for nine hundred thousand pounds, I think is quite a quite a small amount of money. But I think he's got a lot of those traits that maybe if you just coach him to pass the ball in a forward direction, maybe he might be all right. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I think I'm struggling. Daryl DK is, of course, a nice one to have if he ever if he ever does come back. He's a nice one to have, and he could potentially be the striker that we've all kind of been missing for the past past couple of years, really. So yeah, there, there are a few players in there, Dan, that I think that you'd like to keep hold of, but. It's just a case of who who do you ship the ones that you don't want to keep hold of out to? Because as you said, nobody's going to come in and go, right, I want eight West Brom players because, you know, they've been great this season and they've proved themselves in the championship yet again. And, you know, they've been technically great and, uh, you know, mentality has been fantastic in this division. Nobody's going to come in and what uh, and and do that. So, Dan, who who on earth do you, how on earth do you try and sell them? How on earth do you try and get rid of them if you are going to? Yeah, and that, that, I mean that is, I think, ultimately why Bruce has the job because I think the, the reality is, I mean, the two players we've named who we spent money on, Grant and Dean Garner, we're not going to sell them uh, while they're under contract, and so no one's going to come uh, unless we're going to get some money back for them. I mean, no one in the Premier League is going to buy Dean Garner, and no one in the Championship can afford him, so he's yeah. staying with us. That's the re- that's the reality of the Dean Garner situation. Grant's probably almost in a, a similar situation. What I would say is that I think what happened with Bruce, and that's why I do have some sympathy with him. Um, is that he, he came in and he immediately changed to a back four. And that was clearly what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then we just defensively couldn't play like that. We were so used to the five at the back with Ishmael that the players just couldn't switch. And so he clearly went back to a back three just to try and keep us, keep us from leaking goals, which we just couldn't stop conceding goals. And so I think what... I'd like to think over the summer is that what this does give is Bruce, it gives Bruce time to say, this is how I want to play. And I think the back four suits this team better. Three in midfield and two wingers and one striker. I think that sort of that system works yeah. better for the players you've got. I can imagine a system where you have kind of Ding on either side, maybe someone like Phillips at the other side with DK through the middle and then Malumbi and a couple of other midfielders in there. I think when I went, I went up to Hull and we won 2-0 and I think he played three, he played three in the middle that day with Gardner Hickman, um, Moat and Livermore. I mean, I was talking about Hull, no good, but <laughs> he, the, the, all three of them benefited from having three of them in there. All three of them benefited from having 
each other. Moat and Moat played better. He was able to be a bit more creative, Livermore sort of sat in, in, in front of the back four and Garnett did the running. I think there's definitely signs there that some of them can work in certain systems. And the problem he had was the, the five at the back was better defensively, but we were, that meant we were quite poor going forward. The three in midfield worked. That was then was too many. There was just too many people. Like he's in the middle of the pitch. Three defenders, mm. three midfielders. Just felt like we were just getting bogged down in the middle. So yeah. it was almost a kind of a bastardized formation of Ishmael's <laughs> formation and Bruce's ambitions. And Bruce couldn't knew he couldn't go full on with what he wanted to do, but he also couldn't just do what Ishmael because that didn't work. So I think yeah. he was caught between a rock and a hard place. So I think again, I come back to it. See, Bruce, I think he's a good football manager. And I think, look, ignore the noise on Twitter or what happened at Newcastle and Cabbage and all that. <laughs> Bruce, has, Bruce has got no. Bruce has got out of this division before. He's a smart football man. He's a good footballer. He's, he, he's, he know, he's got a good connection in the game. I actually don't think Andy Carroll was a bad signing, actually. I was the first to think what a terrible signing it was. Actually, Andy Carroll's scored goals where others wouldn't have. I agree with you. I think he offers something different. Um I, I'm not as angry at him when we play Adam Reach because, again, I kind of understand the logic of that. I don't think Bruce has done that many things that you just can't understand. Uh, kind of, I do understand a lot of the stuff Bruce has done. Um, mm. I don't think it's kind of... And I think he has shown flexibility at times. Um, I just think he needs the summer. I think he needs the summer to, to instill what he wants to do and bring in a few players. I'm not as negative about it. It's not, in, it's not, look, it's not inspiring. No one says... Oh, please give me Steve Bruce for manager. <laughs> but I, I certainly don't think it's a Pulis or a Pardew. Certainly, I saw someone on Twitter comparing it to Pardew. I mean, oh, I saw please, that, yeah. please, like, please, <laughs> please, like, can we just never mention that man's name um, <laughs> in comparison to anyone? Um, so, yeah, I'm not as I've actually I've actually talked myself into a better mood. Actually, um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not as negative as other people. Yeah, I'm not as positive um, as maybe I'd like to be. But as I say, I'm torn between whether next season is going to be a good one or a pretty boring one. I mean, I, you know what, actually, I sit here right now. If I had the choice between finishing this the season we've just had or being in a relegation battle, give me a relegation battle because it's oh, just yeah. boring. Mid-table. I mean, I regret that now. I'll be back on your podcast in November when we're third from bottom. <laughs> I just, I just, I just can't deal with another season when nothing matters. And I think we've been spoiled. West Brom fans have been spoiled, and um, we're not used to just we're not used to not being relevant. I think we've been yeah. we've been re- we've been quite a relevant football club for twenty years, yeah. and we're irrelevant now. We are an irrelevant football club now. We're not doing anything. We turned into the those clubs we used to play, where you could turn up and go, well, we should beat West Brom. That's what we've become, and I, and that's the that's because of the the owners. That's that's down to the owner and and what he's done to this club, which is a disgrace. Um, but until he goes, which he's not going to go anytime soon, we have to accept it and do what we can with it. And um, well, nothing else to do on a Saturday is the mate. So no, absolutely, you can. Yeah, we can still attempt to enjoy ourselves, uh, or, or even if it means that some drop off to sleep now and again. But yeah, it's it's going to be a weird season next season. I as as you said, I can't tell what it's going to be. I can't tell whether it's going to be the the uprising of of Steve Bruce's Albion or whether it's just going to be one that turns out just like the end of this season, where we're just kind of floating around mid table or bottom half, which is where we are now. Which is for Albion by Albion standards, as you said, over the past twenty years is is ridiculous. And the fact that we haven't got anything to play for is is absolutely mind boggling. 
uh, the last time, as I said, that has happened. That was in the Premier League and we were sort of floating around 12th and 13th and we were kind of like, oh, what do we do on the last day? Because we've got nothing to play for now. We're safe. We're not going into European football and stuff. But yeah, it's going to be a weird season next season. But I I, I, I can't say Bruce is like, I, I don't know whether I, it's just because of the, the slide in form and I kind of look to him first. It it doesn't excite me, as you say, but I, I'm I'm happy to get behind it, as as I'm sure a lot of Albion fans are, get behind it and try and enjoy whatever is served up next season. I hope that does involve some new players, where even if they're just sort of free agents that are milling around, I hope that there are just some improvements on the squad and we can kind of turn a lot of these players that are struggling into, into sort of not having this comfort of having a first team place every time or a starting 11 place. I think a bit of competition in the squad would would probably help because I don't think there's very much of that at the moment, Dan. But yeah, next season will be, uh, I'm sure, a blast. And I'm sure compared to the, the end of this season will be, in comparison, will be a blast. But Dan, thank you so much for joining me again. It's been, it's been great to chat with you and it's been great to, 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 to mull over next season with you, which hopefully should be a good one. But thank you so much for joining me. No problem at all, mate. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolute pleasure as always. And thank you very much to you, listener, for joining us on this week's episode. Hopefully you've enjoyed your weekly dose of Albion therapy and hopefully that you've managed to get over yesterday's board draw against Coventry City. But before we leave you, make sure you subscribe on your podcast platforms. Leave us a nice rating if you've enjoyed uh, and we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye.